The following episode contains personal and professional opinions and experiences. These are not a representation of any specific 12-step, religion, or other recovery group. Talking Circle Studio. Welcome to the Terminally Unique Podcast. My name is Lucas. And I am Dean. Welcome to episode three. We have our guest here, Amanda. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Uh, we are glad. We are excited to hear your story of recovery into the rooms. Um, well, this is Dean's really his guest. I really don't know much about you. So let's start off with a little bit of your upbringing, where you're from, childhood, if you want, wherever you want to start. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was, uh, born in Las Vegas, but I was raised out here, um, in the Baldwin Park Covina area. Um, I had a really good childhood. I have one brother. My parents were like 17 and 19 when they had me. And I, I still think they did an amazing job. For Your parents oh, were 17 and young. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. My mom was looking to escape her very alcoholic home. And, um, so she got pregnant and she married my dad and, they moved to Vegas and had another baby. And after my dad gambled away like their third paycheck, she's like, no, nope, oh. so my dad probably was an addict too. Um, he used to smoke pot, you know, it was the seventies. So she told him, you know, you got to cut that out too. And he did, he just stopped, which still amazes me. I'm like, how'd you just stop? But, um, they were really wow. good parents on his own, like cold Turkey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he just stopped. At, at like 19 or 20 years old. He I did. Know, I, know. I don't think we had that. Just was starting. <laughs> I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. Wow. But uh, my mom never touched the stuff because, you know, she had a really bad, I mean, she, really bad things happened to her and she had seven brothers and sisters. And, wow. You know, Big she, family. it was really bad. And um, so like she just, she said she always was definitely going to control her little family and show her brothers and sisters that she could, you know, have this nice normal family. And uh, my brother was super normal. <laughs> was she the old eldest of those kids? She's the middle. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um yeah, so she had me and my brother, and that was it. And um, we're like 13 months apart, which is crazy, too. I'm like, Mom, geez, you were 17. And you're... Anyways. And, wow. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they gave up everything, you know, to, to really raise us right. And um, I was really a good kid until I graduated. And um, <laughs> Graduated uh, high school? High school. <laughs> okay, so, like, talk about – let's talk a little bit about – a little bit about that. I mean, did you ever feel like – we always mention this because we all know that, I mean – we all think that alcoholism starts, you're always an alcoholic. You're born with the disease. Right. Right? I mean, I don't think all of us think that. I think, you know. Maybe not all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I think some people ch definitely are the first time they drink or whatever. Do you think you had like a first addiction, like something before you took your first drink? That you Can you ever spot any type of um, addictive behavior? Could be anything. I know. You know what? I thought about that, but I, I really didn't. I wasn't, like, I was good. I didn't date. I didn't have sex. I didn't, like... You didn't date? Wow. I didn't. Not until I was like 17 and a half, 18. <laughs> Jeez. Like older. Yeah. I didn't ditch school. Like, I think because my mom was so controlling. I was like, when she said, oh, I'm going to look for you and no, you better be where you're supposed to be. I knew she would. We're going to get down to why yeah. that is. Maybe because, <laughs> were you, were you, do you think it's because you were so compressed? You were so like structured into this, like, not to say like, you know, you were very polite, probably very respectful. You focused on your grades. You didn't date. You weren't into boys maybe yet. Yeah. Did that, did like all that maybe bottle up into something and then like eventually it just kind of blew up? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. my mom kept me like, and uh, I just did. Like I got through high school. I went to beauty college during high school. I was busy and I just was a good kid until I met the boy. Oh. And, you know, I was so like, um, I felt so controlled and I've always the had, boy. I think, a lot of resentment toward my mom. So when I brought him home, he was... um. Hispanic. He had a shaved head. He was covered in tattoos and drove a lower truck. <laughs> and my mom hated that him. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> totally. You're like, because that's the exact mm -hmm. opposite kind of like, like environment that you were used to, right? Yeah. So you you went off the she went off to the opposite. Totally. And my mom hated him, so I knew I loved him. I you're right. Like, yep. You're exactly. <laughs> for yeah, sure. like for sure. And you know, it was like it was an abusive relationship. Looking back, you know, during it, I thought. You know, I, I was always really scared. I didn't want to grow up. I didn't want to go out on my own. So when he just took over, my mom kind of, you know, guided me. And now he was going to guide me. I think that's what I thought. Wow. And, uh, it was it was a bad relationship. And it, it was there was a car club and there was lots of drinking. And the first time mm. I drank, I remember feeling like, 
people literally said, oh, wow, she talks. And I was like, oh, yeah. You You were that bashful and shy. I was that shy. I was like painfully shy. Like uh, like introverted. Would you describe yourself as introverted? Totally introverted. Yeah. And, you know, I would, I I don't know. It was weird. Like, I remember later, like, um, we'd see um, people from high school at like clubs and stuff. And they'd be like, hey, who's your friend? And I'm like, asshole, I went to school with you. Like, you never noticed me, but I was like that shy. Like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i was awkwardly shy first word exchanges ever with yeah. you like oh wow yeah. yeah or if i even responded they were like okay <laughs> like, it just i was it was bad so alcohol totally like opened me up and so what you took your first drink what you said 17 or 18 i was probably 18 or 19 wow yeah i was okay. older than the typical i mean yeah, what's typical, right? I mean, I took mine to probably about seventeen. Really? But yeah, but I knew I knew dudes that were doing heroin at twelve. Yeah. And I have a friend mm-hmm. in particular coming to mind. If he's listening, you know yeah. who you are. But like, <laughs> right. you know, like it. It there's no typical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's stories about like people that get started. They don't even they drink like never until like their fifties or sixties, yeah. and then it blows up, and then they find themselves in the rooms mm-hmm. like within like a year or two. Right. Yeah. But um. All right, so 17 years old. What was the first thing you drank? Mm, probably like, oh, you know what? I think it was tequila because... The we first to, thing was tequila? Yes, because we went to um, hard stuff. TJ, which I don't think my mom knows that yet. Um, well, but, now uh, she does. Yeah, sorry, she mom. She sorry, mom. Know. She still doesn't <laughs> like, know this. <laughs> With some Marine dudes or Navy dudes. So it was actually before my um, husband. Oh, husband. the Navy's. They, they, Wait. They, they drink that guy was That guy turned into your husband? Yeah. The car club guy? Yeah. Oh, no my way. God. Yeah, against my mom's wishes also. Yeah. Um, so she didn't really approve, So she still has the like, I told you so. Did you guys do like a wedding at all or not? Fucking A. Um, did we what? Do, do we like wedding? a wedding or anything? We did in Vegas, of course. Uh, <laughs> my mom hated back it. To your birth, back chapel. to your birthplace. <laughs> totally, yeah. I was like, my mom and dad got married there. I was born there. It must be good luck, right? Right. Did um, you go to one of those like little white chapels or like those famous places? We did. We did do a nice. drive through. It was an actual chapel, but drive-through. it was like the smallest That's chapel crazy. ever. It fit, it fit like 10 people. That's so cool. Whatever. Drive through. It's everything. like standing room only. Yeah, but you know what? By then, I, they had already knew I had an issue. So I was pretending to be sober. So it was miserable. It was so miserable. We went to this club and everyone was drinking. My brother, everyone was having a good time. And I was miserable. There's like a picture of me and I look so pissed off. Really? Yeah. Because people kept coming up. Go, oh, you're so beautiful. You're a beautiful bride. Here's some drinks. And I had to pass them. Pass them. Because, like, because someone was watching you? Because everyone was watching me. By then they already knew I had like a huge issue. <laughs> well, how old were you? I was like 29. Oh, okay. I thought I'm thinking you're like 21 or 22. No, it took him 10 years to marry me, which I should have. That's that a clue. So there's about 10 years, 12 years of like just total madness. Yeah, total madness. Blacking out. Like, were you a blackout drinker? I was a blackout drinker from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Every wow. time. So at first it was like cute, and then at, like really quickly it wasn't. Everyone's <laughs> at like, first you it's know what cute. You did last night, or do you know what you said? And I'm like, the first three times that was cute because like all the girls were like that in the car club, which probably they all, you know, I don't know what their deal is now, but. Oh, did it was yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Um, but you know what it was weird? Like I always think back. Like people say, you know, talk about drugs in their story, and I think if that would have been the scene and people would have had it in front of me while I was drinking, I totally would have done it. Like, yeah, yeah. I would have done anything in front of me because yeah, that's just that was my your life. your guard is down when you're drinking, yeah. especially tequila. Yeah. I did yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy things. So funny. It was bad. It was really bad. I never liked <laughs> this Amanda that I that I'm seeing that I know. Like I can't even picture that what that looks like. I know. So cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it, it was wild. It was really wild. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was we, so we cool changed. that you're like this and like you know you've been through that. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. We we changed. It's amazing what the program will do. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it would it'd be really it'd be really pointless if we got sober. Did all the work we're supposed to do. <laughs> and then the person's like that you saw way back in the day is like, you haven't changed a bit. I know. And you're just like, what? Oh, what, what the fuck am I even doing all this? Right. Yeah. And you know what? The, the six months before I got sober was really crazy. Like I, I was like, I was doing crazy. I was like dating a couple. I was hanging out with a married guy. I was doing all this <laughs> stuff. And then when I got sober, I had to try it, of course. I'm like, well, maybe he's still really a good guy and he was going to leave his wife, you know, like he said. Right. And I hung out with him like one time and I was no. like, yeah. nope, it's not even the same. Like it wasn't, I don't know. It was just, yeah. Yeah. I get it. It was my, my, I, I was just different. Things are too clear. Things yeah. are way too clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way too clear. I know. And so, you, uh, ever since you moved from Vegas, you've always been in LA. Did you ever do any geographics like throughout your drinking, where you've tried a different place? No, LA is the problem. No, we stayed. Um, I I lived in Rancho Cucamonga, and and the boy. Um, 
was from Ontario, and wow. we stayed in. You really branched out. We stayed, yeah, we stayed like right, you know. Yeah, right there. But fun, now, fun talking, right? Yeah, Inland Empire, the old IE. Is yeah. that is that the Inland Empire? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't show. know that. I thought it was just yeah somewhere else. Um. Okay, cool. So Rancho Cucamonga, and that's the reason why you're an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> I know. Just for living there, that's probably it. The, every Empire. time I think of Rancho Cucamonga, I always think of that movie Friday because oh, they filmed it there. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it was oh, that's It's in Rancho, dude. That's right. Yep. That's right. I forgot. So so anyway, you, you get married at 29. You already kind of have a problem, and you've had yeah. a problem for a little while. Yeah. And then, and then what, age did you, what age did you end up getting sober? Oh, God. Um. I hate saying ages. Um, okay, you don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was 41. What? Yeah. I, I didn't think you were. I thought you were like under 40 right Thank now. You. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was 41 right now. So I was older. So I, I drank for a long time. And, and I drank, like I said, I knew from a long time my family knew. So I had to be really sneaky, really sneaky, especially during my marriage and kids and all that. Like, <laughs> Hiding the bottles of stuff around the house. Oh, God, yeah. Did you, I mean, did you ever use the toilet tank? I didn't do that. That one, one's so great. Yeah. Hamper? My, one of my best ones, yes. I did the mm-hmm. hamper. I did between the, the mattresses, which was so obvious. That wasn't even a good hiding spot. But no. I used to, like, I would get those bottles of boxed wine. Uh-huh. And at the Target parking lot, like, I didn't even care if people were watching. I would unbox it, put the bladder in my um, spare tire thing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. Just oh, get into my. the garage. Oh. Just in case you checked the car. Like, it was insane. Like, when I think back to, like, the, the yeah, it was crazy. It was was really he drinking, crazy. too? He was drinking, too. And at times, a lot. Like, when, when I moved into the house with him, we were, like, 24. Mm-hmm. And the neighborhood was, like, a party neighborhood. And we were the young couple. So all the husbands would end up at our house. Like, we would have wives driving up in the middle of the night going, get the fuck back in the car. And I'd be like, wow, what? And so I think that's when I started to really, like, go. Because I was trying to keep up with all the guys. It was, like, me right. and all the guys. But, you know, I'd end up in the house, like, throwing up everywhere. And, and just doing weird, 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 weird shit. Right. <laughs> really weird. So was it, was it always alcohol for you? It was always alcohol. Um, I had a period where I was smoking weed. That's why I say if other drugs would have been put in front of me, I totally would have done them. Right. Because right. I was just like, yeah. And mm-hmm. then the next day I'm like, I don't even like weed. What am I doing? I was going to say, like, those are two completely different <laughs> highs. Like, did you even like it? You know? I didn't. And I never did weed by itself. So, <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. It always depended on the order of how you did it. Yeah. At least in my experience. If it was drinking, yeah, if there was drinking first and then weed after that, I would instantly puke everywhere. <laughs> I would really? the room would start spinning. Yeah, but if I smoked first then drank, it was almost like I was quenching cuz when weed you know you get really thirsty. Yeah. It was almost like oh. I was quenching that thirst. But yeah, I remember puking in my buddy's car everywhere cuz <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't even like oh, I couldn't even fathom. But yeah, that's so funny. just really drinking. That's I don't hear that very often, man. No, I mean it's kind of like that's it's interesting because you would think like out of all the people I've probably ever seen uh you know Drinking is is the thing that takes the most people down. Right. But only drinking, probably out of all. It's so rare. So like 50, like 50% of whoever I see is drinking, but out of that 50%, maybe 10% of them. So yeah. like one out of 10 people, it's just drinking. Easily. That's probably, that's probably a pretty accurate yeah. statistic. Right. That's just me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I should start doing stuff. Bladder and the tire thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> that yeah, is pretty scandalous. We find we yeah. find great hiding places. Yeah. And uh wow. Okay. So yeah. did you have um did you have like a set of so your your husband's like a as a total normie dude? Like no yeah. did he drink with you? Like when he you got really bad, was he still partaking with you? Yeah, he yeah. did we went through a long period of him trying to control it, like just drink this much or just when I tell you to stop and I'm like, Oh yeah. And he was I trying to ration it and totally. all that. Right. Yeah, right. we did that for years and then it was just like, No, you can't drink. And then it was it was a whole game of like mm-hmm. waiting till all the neighbors got out and were drunk enough that they wouldn't notice I was drinking. Right. <laughs> so I would go in and start drinking, but of course I would pass them. Of course, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> right. And we'd be like, Why are you why were you acting like that or what? And I'm like, I don't know, I've just been really tired. And was, <laughs> oh, like, that's so a good tired. one. So tired. No one and no one <laughs> will ever know. It's just a stressful work week. Yeah. Speaking of which, so like what were you doing like work wise during all this? Well, I was a hairdresser this whole time. So I was self employed. Mm-hmm. So okay. I could drink as much as I want. I drank at work. I could oh, not man. show up. I people's hair is all messed up. She's cutting like, off, she's, a new she's style cutting off I'm putting on people. Sort of half bald style I'm putting on her. <laughs> Are you snipping off people's earlobes and stuff? I by always mistake? wonder because I was mostly doing nails at that point. So oh. they're like, they probably went home with some fucked up nails. Or they'd come in like two <laughs> weeks later and they'd be like, um, my nails, they kind of fell off. And I'm like, oh, weird. I don't know what happened. I'm like, oh my God. 
God, I was drinking the whole entire time. Yeah. It was it was bad. And I remember Jeez. the periods of like I was drinking vodka was my drink of choice. And uh, I was drinking so much vodka that I remember I remember leaving work one day and I was having tremors and my oh. heart was palpitating. I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm going to die. I think that was one of my first detoxes. And I, I, I detoxed mm. a whole bunch of times and I thought I just needed detox. You know, I can, oh, I can yeah. handle it. Just detox. Start just get right. through the tremors and yeah. all that. Yeah, um, I didn't want to have a heart attack. But. Not knowing that you can actually die from alcohol withdrawal, right? Yeah, like, I didn't realize at that time. It's that crazy. Not a good so idea. when you were detoxing, would you go into a hospital to detox, or you do sometimes, or sometimes I would do it at home. I remember one time I even was getting like um, hallucinations. Oh like, I was wow! Scary animals. Uh-huh. I remember specifically like whether my eyes were open or closed. Do you ever like, see that movie Train Spotting? No. Well, it's about like these dudes in Scotland that uh, they're heroin addicts, and then he's withdrawing like you are, and he's, he's having hallucinations. Yeah, like, like a baby crawling on the ceiling. That's like, some weird vivid stuff that right? scene is like the most intense oh, scene in the movie yeah yeah super real when it's happening i was like oh. well good thing heroin wasn't a, your drug of choice yeah. it wouldn't be a trigger for you <laughs> right. or anything no like but that. i mean alcohol the alcohol <laughs> is very famous for first for, for uh, hallucinations when you when you're detoxing i, I mean they call it delirium tre- delirium tremors right tremens tremens or tremors one of those yeah two. and so yeah. the delirium is from be- all the oh, hallucinations yes. you see so so my solution of course was like no more vodka Vodka's the yeah, vodkas oh is God. the problem, right? It's totally vodka. <laughs> so, of course, then I did the beer. And I had lost a bunch of weight. I had gained weight and then lost a bunch of weight. So, huh. drinking beer was like, oh, it's so filling and it takes so long to get a buzz. Yeah. So, that's when I had actually switched to vodka. So, then I switched back to, to beer and wine because, of course, everyone's like, just try some wine. I didn't even like wine. I was it's like, terrible. Oh, so gross. And I totally end up with a hangover, although so would i with vodka but i was like a three and four day binger oh. like if i woke up sick i would drink again and drink you know i would drink all day because i was home or i was i could work and drink it was crazy like so wow. during this whole time when you're having a problem or people are, are noticing it like are you are, are how are, are you ever doing anything are you ever thinking of it as a problem um yeah i i think at one point i i had um asked somebody to like sponsor me and um I faked going to meetings. I was so scared. Like I was so shy. I would sit in front of meetings and um, I would sit there and I couldn't, um, I couldn't go in. I just couldn't walk in. I'd watch the people walk in and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Mm. So I would pretend I never like, um, I I, I lied about my days. My mom would be like, Oh, how many days? I'm so excited. I'm like, Oh my Mm. God, what did I tell her? What's the date? You know, it was crazy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I did that for years and years and years. So I knew there was a tiring answer. It was so tiring that now when I think back, I'm like, God, it was so tiring. And my, um, meanwhile, my mom's family that I told you was all alcoholic. They had all gotten sober in Covina. No way. Yeah. So I knew like they had taken me to their programs and, um, like I knew about it, but I didn't know I was one yet or I hadn't given into that, I guess. I don't know. Right. I hadn't, I had, I, I hadn't, I wasn't there. I right. I wasn't there yet. So. I mean, it's something like that's pretty cool because I gotta, I gotta tell you like my family, um, growing up. Italian family drinkers and you know my grandfather like one of his one of his famous saying was was like if you don't drink or smoke then I, I can't trust you <laughs> so like you know I'm like okay well that's pretty much that means I have to drink for the rest of my life you know right. so like to have that in your background it, it sounds pretty cool at least you have some kind of like um base to 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 base your sobriety on right. you're like okay auntie or uncle or whatever did it so I could probably do it or I can go to them yeah hmm. so so then you're get you get to a point obviously where you really um you really want to get sober? Is that what happened? I did. I got um I my marriage was falling apart. I knew it like I knew we were going to get a divorce. And um I had two kids by then and they were I don't even know how old they were like uh, 8 and 9, 8 and 10. And um it was starting to affect them. That really started to get to me like they started noticing things mm. were happening around them and to them. And, um, it was just getting bad. And so I remember some stuff happened about six months before I got sober and I was taking off to Temecula, going to my cousins, drinking, smoking, like just crazy things for four days. I had convinced my parents I was in a rehab, (laughs) which is crazy. And, um, I got arrested. <laughs> what? Yeah. DUI? I always tell this story. I never got a DUI. I don't know how. I should have, you know, totally sure. should have. But yeah. we all, yeah. My, I'm, I'm kind of famous for my story. I got, <laughs> I remember Christina was like, what? You've been arrested? I know. Um, I it was like the middle of the day. I was hanging out with married guy on a Friday. I, we always hung out on a Friday. I like how you just call him married guy. I That's called married guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hung out every Friday um, okay. while his wife was at work. That's uh, a really Whoa, bad story too. Nice. But, um, 
<laughs> I left his house at like 3 p.m. And at that point, I was so sick that I was drinking Listerine. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. What, you know, my alcoholic mind saw... Nice burn there. 17%. It was like, how can you swallow That's it? That's 32 proof. It's not the, fir- 30, not 30, 30, 30, not yeah. the first time I've heard this, though. Yeah, but yeah, people got so desperate, they drank Listerine. Well, and my brain saw alcohol and how much alcohol was in it. Not the 52 Oof. other chemicals that right. were in it. Right. Yeah. And my body, of course, told me that <laughs> there was a lot of other stuff in it. But oh, I, um, I went to the Dollar Tree that day and, and out where I live, and um, I got a bottle of... Listerine, and I was apparently I was sitting in the parking lot, oh. not in my car, outside of the car, drinking the Listerine. Oof. And I'm wow. not sure if somebody called the cops or they were just cruising by, but apparently that looked a little suspicious. So I got arrested <laughs> for day drinking in the parking lot. I got arrested, yeah, for drinking um, public intoxication. Wow! Someone called the cops on you for that? Well, I, guess. I don't know. I know they must have. It was, to, it was Temecula, right? No, it was in Fontana. Oh, all right. I know. Well, I know. They, it seems like they got more to do in Fontana than that. Oh, just say, listen, they got really bad breath. Okay, <laughs> very bad. I haven't brushed my teeth. I need another bottle, actually. So weeks much. i haven't brushed Gulp. my teeth i need this <laughs> but like so how, how long were you in jail i was just in jail i was so like you got overnight. a you got a drunken public Over, overnight a drunken public and that's was that was the worst overnight. of it yes and i actually i got yeah and i got out um i got out um that night and i called married guy actually because i didn't know who else to call and then the sad thing is my family already like they're like they couldn't find me they went and picked up my kids but they were already like yeah she's out drinking like yeah. no one was even they looking knew. for me uh-huh. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, so yeah. I got a married guy to get me, and my mom's like, "You can't come here." So I actually went and stayed at um, my sponsor's house and um, drank for another two weeks before I got treatment. Wait a minute, you you drank at your sponsor's house? I did you know? I I don't know. Some people. Are so like, what's your sobriety date? Sobriety wait, wait, wait! <laughs> no, it's okay. We always say this at the beginning. But well, what's oh, your sobriety okay. date? It's June first, twenty eighteen. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Right on. So two weeks later, um, I I woke up. I just remember I woke up Friday, um, June first, and I was like, either I'm gonna go buy more Listerine. Or, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I actually texted my mom because she had been trying to get me sober for years. Yeah, right. So I texted her and I said, hey, if you find a place, I'll go. And like within 40 minutes, she had it all set up. And I went to treatment. Record time. Yeah. She was like. You know, and that, that I'm so glad and, you mentioned that because like it's so important to realize that everybody, no matter how much everybody else wants you to get sober, it's not up to them. Right. It's when you're ready. Totally. It's so important because the people that try to force people into recovery, like these parents that drag in their young kids at like 17 or 18, they're just getting their feet wet. They had like maybe a party or they found drugs on them. You know what I mean? They had a DUI or they got busted with drugs at school. It's like the kid's not ready yet. No. You got to let them go through some shit. You know what yeah. though? It's so I mean, important. Well, this to, is, to, to be him, honest, him and I are going to have a difference on yeah, this well, because to be he's, honest the, he's the you? treatment guy. Yeah. More of the, uh... <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest, all all the studies point toward you take them into treatment early. They get sober much earlier than if you let them just wander right. for a long time. Treatment uh, treatment uh, different than what recovery is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you get them into treatment early, and then so that at least they're exposed to it. Even even if they don't, it doesn't take. It's like planting that seed for when they are ready. So. So that's that's where we're gonna. I mean, it's not completely different opinion, but because I don't think that no, they get, I, get, I don't I, I, I don't get, get you're saying they don't get sober. I know ninety nine percent of the time they don't get sober, but well, anyway. I went to a treatment center in my twenties once, and I was there two weeks. Did it plant? Did it plant the seed? I didn't remember. I just I just wasn't there. I, I think it depends ready. on the person. Like, yeah. yeah. It was, it, yeah, I wish I would have. The hope is that it <laughs> yeah. plants the seed early, right? Yeah. And, but yeah. sometimes we'll, I think what kids will do is they'll use it as resentment to drink more like, fuck this. <laughs> you know, my parents are dragging me to this rehab, you know. Yeah. But um, for you, you, you finally get sober. Your mom finds the rehab. Right. And uh, where is this rehab? Um, so I went, I went to treatment in Covina. And oh, it was weird because it was either wow. I was either going to go to Miraloma or Covina. Okay. Covina's got great, great counselors. Yeah, yeah, super great. amazing. I was there when we had the best counselors. I tell her right. That. Oh. <laughs> you couldn't have the best counselors. I had the best counselors. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah I ended up in Covina, which my family got sober in Covina. The, you know the clubs out there and stuff, and um, it just it just felt like I was supposed to be there. And and nice. I got I had like twenty eight days there, and I just had decided if I was going to be away from my kids, which was the hardest part. For 28 days that I was going to make the most of it. I was going to get right. as much out of it as I could. So I just kind of like opened my mind, opened my ears, and I just, you know, took it all in. And it just, it happened for me. I don't know. So you did you did residential 28 days? I did residential 28 days, and then I did outpatient um, for five months. Right. That's really where all the healing came yes. in. You yes. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know what, you know what, I, I really feel like, I feel like you need both of those things to, I mean, 
treatment treatment wise i think you need both of those things to really help because doing the 28 days is great because it gets you the time that that dry out time and it gets you like it kind of like speeds you up into the program and you kind of like okay this is what this is all about but if you if you just go right back into like your regular life there's like i mean it's really hard so having like that that in between an outpatient to go to a few days a week kind of keeps you in touch with it i think gets you in touch with the people yeah. And getting honest with a group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in my experience. Because my, even my sponsor would say, my, my family, they all did, they didn't have rehab. They couldn't afford it. They didn't have insurance. Exactly. Like, they just right. got sober. Yeah, let's remember that it doesn't, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And I luckily still have great insurance. That's and, good. But I did, I did five months. And then at that treatment center, there was a sun up meeting. And that's where I kind of, yeah. I had my people, uh-huh. so I would drive out from Rancho Cucamonga almost every day for. Five I didn't know you lived right. out there did, during that yeah. time. Yeah, and Rancho Cook. Every single day. <laughs> party wow. time out there. I needed it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even been there. Maybe <laughs> once. <laughs> I've honestly never been to Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. Because so you so you felt like you felt like you needed treatment. I did, and I I just I guess I needed that jump start. I, I had kids, and I had right. a husband who was really narcissistic and abusive and um i just i guess i needed that time to focus on me which mm. at first i felt guilty but yeah you said you were inpatient for how long five months five months so you're at a place like away from no, like, no, no. living at a place Oh, inpatient i'm sorry 28 days outpatient five months like after you were done with treatment how was that transition into into like your sober life well so yeah so i jumped i, I don't know like, i jumped into the program pretty good and um i um i would say like <laughs> I, I spent that next five months just kind of focusing on myself. And then um, my ex, soon to be ex-husband filed for divorce. So it kind of got real after that. But I have to say the promises kind of started happening really quick for me. Really? Because um, I like I went, I had to go deal with my arrest and I went in there and I was super humble. And he was like, wow, day drinking on three o'clock on a Friday. And I was like, yep. And he actually ended up taking it down to a noise infraction. So it went down from a misdemeanor to a noise infraction. Just things like that just right. started happening super. Which is cool. Yeah, super right. easy for me. And um, um, I went into court. You know, my, my ex-husband got a really good lawyer. And the write-up on me and my alcoholism was bad. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I bet. I was so nervous. I went into court thinking, oh, my God, he's going to get these kids for sure. And I think I was like 10 months over. And um, I went in there, and um, she she gave me my 50-50 that I wanted. And I was oh, like, oh, my wow. gosh. I was so wow. grateful. You know, and I just I had to really learn how to um, not try to take control of everything and put things in my higher power's hands. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I you know, the stress of that, you know. I just, I couldn't handle it. And, um, yeah. And then I think I was like 11 months sober, um, when I was diagnosed with the cancer, <laughs> the oh, cancer. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hang on a second. 11 months sober, you get diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. I had, wow. and it's weird because looking <clears throat> back, like I never took care of myself or my health or my teeth or, you know, when I was in my um, sure. addiction, sure. I let everything go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very, very common. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like, I don't know. And I had some medical issues and things that I was okay. like ignoring. So I kind of, it was weird because I had to kind of advocate for myself because they kept saying, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. And, uh, um, then I finally got the diagnosis and I remember getting the phone call. It was like April 3rd, um, 2019. So I hadn't even had a year sober yet. And they're like, you have oh, cancer. Wow. And I was like, and I remember I had a minute where I was like, you know, God, I just caught sober and now cancer. Like, right. yeah. I don't know. It was kind of, it, that was, that was hard. That was hard. But, um, I know now I, I, this is what I have to tell myself or maybe this right. is, but that, you know, God or my higher power, whatever you believe in. Mm-hmm. Knew I had to be sober in uh, order to handle all of that. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. When you told me that and you're like, God, and I'm like, yeah, God gave it to you when, when, in, that, in that moment that like you could handle it because maybe the year before you would have been like, well, I guess I'm going to be drinking. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, right mm-hmm. before I got sober, I was literally at my sponsor's house standing on a bridge off the 210 freeway thinking about killing myself, like wow. thinking about jumping. I still, I go by that bridge now sometimes and just kind of. Pasadena? Because, no not the suicide bridge no no not that one that, no, that would have been a better idea it was though. been so dramatic that's a guarantee so, that's pretty yeah. high up it's yeah. like kind of cliche though come on right. uh, i mean they have super high fences there like for that reason yeah, it's I've pretty it's pretty it's pretty eerie when you drive yeah, by there it's kind of sad very sad but i did have that thought because i'm like well what if i jump and i don't die but anyways yeah <laughs> so you had um diagnosed what what type of cancer was it i had breast cancer um okay. and 
the, the good news was at that time, it was a stage zero because it was a surface cancer, not a skin cancer, but a surface cancer. Okay. But quickly <clears throat> it changed into, um, they found another cancer and then another cancer. I had three cancers. Three different types of cancer. Three different types of cancer. Mm, wow. And That's rare. still caught early. So I was still, I think at the last point I was a stage two because um, they found it in the lymph nodes. So I had like, I've had like six surgeries or mm-hmm. something like that. But anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, I handled it. And the thing is, I never once thought about drinking. Like, yeah. By then the obsession or whatever, like I never, it was never a thought. I never wanted to. I never, and, you know, of course I wanted to escape what was going on, but I just handled it. Like yeah. I, I literally, since June 1st of 2018, I just have to handle things a day at a time because anything more than that is too much for me. Yeah. So that really helped me through my cancer. For you sure. did the chemo treatment and all that. I did. That's why I have the super cool haircut. <laughs> I like it. I, thank you. I um. And what's the uh, what's the current situation with that? The now? current situation is I do not have cancer. I went through um, cancer free. Yes, I'm Woo-hoo! cancer free. I've had the surgeries. That's I've had so the. Cool. Yeah, I was. I mean, I don't know. I just wouldn't have been able to get through it. I had all the treatment. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm better off than a lot of people that I've met along the way. I just try to stay in gratitude every day. Even during chemo, there were days I, there was one, I remember there was one day I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I just, all of it. And I was like, no. And I, I every day I find something that there's gratitude in every day, every day there's, yeah. there, you can, you have to look for it sometimes, but it's there. You yeah. know, sometimes it was my kids. Sometimes it was whatever, just the sun. I, I you know, I'm one of those people that like my higher power, you know, I have a God, but I also a nature and like right. yeah, and, and you have a, and you have a support system in sobriety. The people that are system. visiting you and calling you, and I mean yeah. that helps too, right? Well, Keeps and you... through my sobriety, I've gained so many friends. I had people driving me out, you know, things to make me more comfortable. I had people offer to say, I had people sit in chemotherapy with me, and I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have had all those people, yeah, you know, and and all the support and people checking on me, and I, it just it was amazing. Like like I said, God had just I, there must have been a plan because. It just, it could have turned out better for me. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I think about the, my thought patterns when, when I was using and when I was in my addiction and everything was like, my focus was always on the negative, on the things I didn't have on like how shitty things were. And, you know, and when I got sober, like the, in, this is just like my natural thought patterns since, since I got sober, since I really got sober, you know? is is all about like wow i'm so lucky that i have just exactly what you're talking about and you know that that kind of like positivity it comes from probably not putting a depressant in your body 24 hours a day you know that's probably part of it but you know i think um just kind of learning how to live and and seeing seeing the good things that come with life you know and and having that appreciation it's like i don't know it's like at some point you just end up growing up and you you start like seeing things you know in a different light oh yeah we definitely mature here Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was never a grown up, even with two kids and married. I was not. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of childish behaviors going on. Yeah. I mean, did you ever have to, okay, this is a good question for you. Did you ever have to like, so find something that any other outside things that you needed to seek extra help for outside, like any, any kind of issues other than like your alcoholism coming in or your drinking pretty much Oh yeah, through therapy, therapy or anything like that, where you had to go through like for past relationships, maybe you were seeking, were you ever like seeking abusive partners or anything like that or somebody? Yeah, I had, um, well, I had eating issues. That was part of my story too. I had oh, eating okay. disorders. Um, I did, I, I had, I've also done therapy. I think it's good to do both for me. It was anyways. Sure. Um, because I did have some other issues. I, I, drug up some past traumas and things that happened in my twenties, right where I kicked off my drinking was at, at a high. What is dating like in, 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 re, in well, recovery? <laughs> dating and recovery. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like I said, the normies, I, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty much out. And then dating in recovery, you have to be careful. Like there's some, <laughs> there's some crazy, there's really some crazy. No. And I don't remember. I won't use names, but when I was in treatment, mm-hmm. you were my counselor. Uh, there was Who, a me? boy. <laughs> There was a oh, boy. I'm sorry about that. Very sorry to hear Dean was your counselor. <laughs> he was the best counselor, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that was a, that was plug. that was good times. But um, there, there was, was a boy, boy. and of course, like like I said, I was married for t- I was with that guy for 22 years. So like when I got out and I got a little of attention, I was like, oh, you know, not only did he make me feel like I was a piece of shit, and I had believed that. No, you mean your husband? My husband. Okay. And uh, you know, when I got out of treatment, I was single, and and and. 
<laughs> I needed, you know, I liked that attention. So the first boy who paid attention to me and like worshiped the ground I walked on, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in love and stupid. And then he went out and yeah. he tried to take me out. He went out. Well, on how much time day. are we talking about, by the I way? I had like, we had like 90 days, I think, at that point. Yeah, that's still pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And he went out. He said he had too much pressure on my birthday. I'm like, what? I didn't even hmm. put pressure on you. And he wanted me to go out with him. He's like, come on, I just want to party with you. And I'm like, you know, I have a video. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's I have a video. You have a video. I have a video of myself drunk. I go, it's no longer a party. You don't understand. It's not fun. Like, I get right. gross and it just gets ugly. And <laughs> it's not yeah. fun. You know, you don't want to party with me. I and get gross. <laughs> I get really gross, guys. Get away from me. I can't even imagine you like that. I, I love know. that. I know. It, it was it was wild. And um so, no. So, anyways, but I chased him around for, like, three months trying to save him. And I think that's Uh-oh. when I got my first look at, like... Al-Anon? Al-Anon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how much of... One, how much assholes we are to our family. Like, I never realized. Right. I always used mm-hmm. to think, we only affect ourselves. Like, what do you guys care? Just leave me alone. Right. But we are assholes. Like, we, right. We are... It's so hopeless and helpless, and you can't help them. And he was right. into drugs, and I had never been around that either. Mm-hmm. And he was... He used meth, and that was a whole other animal. Yeah. I, 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 in a hotel room with the thing on the shades. You, you had never <laughs> really aluminum foil on the windows. Yeah. Never been no. around tweakers yeah. or anything. That's, see, that's... No. It's yeah. mind-boggling when you first see it, it is. because it's a different level that. of like, like weirdness, right? Totally. Yeah, it's just its own brand. That's all. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, like, is that you think? Do you think that that kind of was <laughs> like a spiritual? Ex- oh, yeah. okay. I, I'm sorry. I was like trying to picture meth. <laughs> Since 1956. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. A Nazi drug. Come on, let's try it. You know? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was I was wondering, like, did you? I don't know what you mentioned. You mentioned like seeing it from the other perspective, from the family yeah. perspective. Hmm. And would you think that was kind of like more like along the lines of your spiritual experience? Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure. Ooh. When was your first spiritual experience? Was that, was that what it was? I think so. Yeah. 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 And, and, and my codependency, I didn't realize like codependency and enabling and all that stuff. Like I really, I had to, I had to step away. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to save him and, and he just wasn't ready and mm-hmm. very delusional. And yeah. And, that was just, yeah, that was my first relationship, sober, and that it was a mess. It was just such a mess. <laughs> so, like, uh, you think you think the idea of not dating in your first year might be a good idea? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would definitely say that's a good recommendation. Sure. Because, you're one, you're getting to know yourself. Right. Two, you need to be, anything that you're doing other than focusing on your sobriety, it's taking away from your sobriety, for sure. Like, I spent so much time and energy doing that. Sure. I wasn't focused on what, yeah. It could even go past a year. Yeah. You know, like, oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm still working on myself, obviously. You know, it's, yeah. it's a never ending process, but like, I mean, I had so much deep rooted stuff and I didn't go to therapy till I was like maybe, man, five, six, seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, maybe six years sober, honestly. I'm, no, no, I know. I'm I coming know. up on 10 years and it's just like, dude, like, I, I should have gotten an earlier start on it, but it takes what it takes. Yeah. Right. Right. I agree. So you're getting started on it early now, really early in sobriety. I mean, like, considering. Yeah. In comparison. Yeah. I needed that. And just to deal with everything, everything that was going on. Like I, I needed the therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I can, I can, I didn't want to be sober and repeat like yeah. stuff or pick mm-hmm. the same kind of guy or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just- yeah. It's like, there's all these pitfalls that like you can do, you can have, you can run a perfect program and you can do a lot of everything that, that's suggested of you and you can still kind of hit those pitfalls unless you really kind of deal with that deep rooted stuff, yeah. you know, otherwise it's going to keep coming up. And, um, so that's, that's really good that, that you kind of, you're kind of working through that, Yeah, you know, seeing those patterns and kind of like going, why is it that I always pick these one guys or, I know. or, or uh, you know, yeah. just seeing your issues. I mean, picking up on your character defects and, <laughs> and, uh, and knowing why you have that character defect is kind of like, because, you know, the, the program or some of the programs or most of the programs will always talk about picking up on your character defects and like spotting them. It's like, it's one thing to spot them and another thing to like kind of learn why, why you have them. You yeah. Know? So that's really the difference mainly, which yeah. is great. So you got sober, you kind of saw a boy and then, and then, and so you, that was before. And then, and then right after that, when that was kind of over, then you kind of, you got your cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And I had to focus on that. And my kids, mm-hmm. I mean, my kids had gone through me getting sober, divorce, um, and the cancer at that point. Did you tell them right away or did you wait? 
I didn't tell them, I told them on a need to know basis. So when I had to have surgery or I had to go get treatment, we were just telling them kind of like when I was um, in rehab, we never told them I was in rehab. We said, I'm in a hospital getting healthy. And that's just how we worded it to them. And um, even your ex? No, he knew. Yeah. No, I I know oh, he knew, but you. but he agreed to like to say it like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. He did. He was actually pretty good during that time. Thank God. Mm. Um. He he was actually really supportive, even about my cancer and stuff, until child support started hitting his thing, and then he was just like, no. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. He um. We I don't know. We co-parent pretty good though. But um. That's great. The kids have been through a lot, but I have divorce to- is really really tough. Oh, it's really tough. And yeah. my kids, I don't know. Like I I don't know. I just felt you. There's such a balance between um guilt about what I put them through and Mm -hmm. just getting healthy so that I can be a good mom to them. And now like I am a good mom to them. Exactly. I don't know. And just looking back to like recently, I know like the things that I let people make me feel, you know, cause I'm responsible for, I could have left the marriage a long time ago. I could have, you know, I had to look at my part and everything. And now Damn I'm realizing, it. like, My no, part? that's really hard. <laughs> that's even hard Sometimes. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. You really got to like, dig, like, how is this possible? Yeah. Did I have any part in this? Yeah. And even, my like, my character defects. Like, I'm living with my mom. I didn't plan that. You know, I'm going through a divorce, and I had the cancer treatment. So, I didn't plan on still being there, but, you know, I needed to be there. It's yeah. worked out. They've helped me with my kids. Now I'm ready to start looking into moving on. But my mom and I have a really hard relationship. And she's still mm-hmm. very controlling and she's still very spiritually sick. And, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I've been working on realizing that praying, like, um, realizing that like, not only looking at my part, but praying for her, praying for the situation, helping her because, you know, she's still sick. And I know she has a lot of things that she's going through and, I do so much better at handling her. Just this last few weeks, this has happened where I can not react. Like I'm still looking, um, I do this workshop and um, we kind of figured out that I'm still looking for like validation and and Mm -hmm. my mom's approval Mm -hmm. and my mom. And every time she's critical about my parenting or whatever, I I, I snap back at her and I'm like, you know, I got to stop doing that because if it's not true and I'm doing the best I can, then I don't need to defend myself. Right. Why am I reacting? Yeah. And so that's a, that's a big, that's been hard. That's been challenging. It's very, it's very tough not to just react sometimes. Right. Professionally, what are you doing nowadays? So now. (laughs) Oh, this is beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Let's hear it. So, okay. I know it's super cliche. People get out of treatment. They're like, I'm going to be a drug and alcohol counselor, but I didn't do that right away. Um, but because of my cancer, because of a lot of things, um, I really want to, like, I sponsor people, and I love that because I'm like, wow, I have something to give somebody now. Like, it's weird because I didn't have yeah. anything to offer anyone before, yeah. and now I'm helping these people, and it's super yeah. cool, and I get I get so much out of it. But um, I really think I want to do the drug and alcohol counselor thing, and I've been signing up for school, which I never thought I would do, but I'm realizing that now, um, not only beating cancer and my addiction and stuff. Um, that I can kind of do whatever I want. So I, I don't want to go back to hair um, because of the chemicals, because of like my body's different and I can't do that. Yeah. But um, I just, just having the self-esteem that I think I can go back to school. That's so awesome, Amanda. It's <laughs> so awesome. You have such a great personality, such a great story and such great energy. Like mm-hmm. you could, you could, you could really help a lot of people. I'm, I'm just, whenever one of my, like one of my people like go back to school that I, I just like get the hair stand up on the back of my neck and I get so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so. and I'm excited about it, which is weird, but I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited, like you said, just <clears throat> to give back. What was the hardest thing about sobriety? Oh, the hardest thing. Um, gosh, I think the hardest thing was probably <sighs> learning how to deal with things on, like I said, a day-to-day basis and dealing with big things because bad things are going to happen. And some of the things are really bad, like cancer or I haven't, I haven't lost anyone in sobriety, but hmm. just that you can get through it. And and I have two little kids that I'm showing, you know what, we can do things. I have um, a daughter who's almost 13 and oh man, I kept thinking, oh my God, she shows signs of being an addict, like her thinking and her, oh. and I'm like so scared. And somebody told me you're, you're going to like will it into like, you already got her an addict. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. But recently she's starting to use the tools that I can teach her. Wow. I've learned she's using those tools and i'm seeing it and i'm like you know what this it just you get so much more out of like working a program and and having those tools to deal with stuff and i can deal with my ex-husband i can deal with my mom and 
I have peace every day, you know, like I, and I, I don't just rediscovering yourself. That's hard too. That is dating is hard. Rediscovering yourself is hard there. It, mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. it. It's a lot things. easier just to kind of mesh with life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally you don't nice. wake up like, Oh fuck. Like what am I going to do today to get drunk? Who am I going to screw over? Who am I going to offend? Who am I going to hurt? Yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that you, you're not going to do any of those things. You're not going to owe an amends in sobriety. Yeah. But you're, maybe you're going to you're going to approach it at a different, right? Different perspective this time around. Right. Yeah. Yep. So much smoother. I feel like I feel like um, there's like there's two there's two stages for for me in in sobriety. There was like me getting sober and learning to live without the chemicals, yeah. and that's like first that's year one, two, and maybe even three for me. And then from that point forward, like, and you kind of know your character defects. And from that point forward, you start like transferring all those things that, that help you stay sober in the program to like, like to your kids, to right. your, to you, to the outside world, to like regular sober life rather right. than just using them just to stay sober, which yeah. is like, um, I mean, you're, it sounds like you're already getting that. I mean, if you, if you see your kids, like, you know, see getting some of these skills that you're, 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 you've gained. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It really trickles down. And my mom's even learning stuff. Like I'll overhear her saying things like spiritually sick or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, mom she doesn't know anything. Like don't be stealing my stuff. No. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel like all of our family members can use a little lesson from the uh, liter- literature we learn here in the totally. rooms right it applies to even normal people man yeah yeah everyone could use the 12 steps <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i feel like you kind of get to a different level too and the people you meet in the rooms and um i mean a different like emotional level you get to know people which yeah. i've never had before either so no and you know what i hardly have any of my old normal normie friends like yeah hmm. and i don't even really care <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I just yeah. don't. I don't know. I just I don't have anything in common with them. I don't. I just have a handful, you know, that yeah. uh, that like truly love me and they the chosen, still love the me. chosen few. Yeah, yeah. You can relate to that a you lot. Know? Yeah. yeah, you got. I mean, I had to. I had to ditch them early on because yeah. if they were they were going to drag me down and keep me from doing what I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. And some in particular were like, "What are you doing to like better your life? Like, if you're not going to be happy for me, then yeah. Why the fuck are you in my life? Yeah. Right. Like, you're a toxic person. I don't need that. Yep. What are you doing to better your life? You're like, I'm sober, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to like end, end this vicious cycle of like depression yeah. and like yeah. everything. Oh, but if people man. don't get it, they don't get it. Or they don't want to. There's been people that didn't want to. And it's like, that's fine. You know, my ex-husband was like that. He's like, yeah, that's your problem. I don't then you just it. pray for those people. It's real simple. Yeah. I mean, and it maybe it's a never ending prayer that never, you know, that person you find out later is. Still doing the same thing you were doing, yeah. And maybe they're dead or they're in jail. Did you find this is not me? You know? you know, like I remember my my sponsor telling me all kinds of shit, like early on, like pray for them and and oh and all, and all that stuff. And I'm like, and like I was so I was so into it. I mean, I was so into it in the sense of like following direction at that point because I really just didn't want to live what like I was living that I was doing it, but I was doing it like all begrudgingly. I'm like, like, yeah, I'm praying for them to fucking die and I'll pray for them. Yeah. You bet. Hopefully you get better. Like all sarcastically, like, you know, like, um, but like at some point in time, like when, I think when, when I can pray for people and actually really mean it yeah. like that, that was, that was like a big step forward. But like, you know, like my sponsor's like, oh yeah, you know, um, when we was doing, when I was doing step work with him, he was like, oh, I want you to write I want you to write the prosecutor of your case and and thank him for putting you in prison. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write him. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna write the shit out of him, man. And I and I wrote like a letter, and I was like, thank you for separating me from my family, you son of a bitch. And you know, like, and so I gave it to him, and he's like, okay. He ripped it up, and he's like, okay, go ahead and write another one now. You know, like about four or five in, uh, which took me about six months, by the way. And uh, about that fourth one in, it was like. It was like, I was like, you know what? Um, I, I somehow I found some gratitude in it. And I'm like, you know, I might not be sober today if, if I didn't go away, you know, right. for that time or whatever. So like when you can find gratitude in all the, <laughs> in all the things that people think of as completely negative yeah. in your life, and that's also like when you're growing, he didn't commit the crime, right? <laughs> well, he's a bastard. No, he would right. know. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> what you, that's what you learn. It's like that the rooms, that the, the biggest thing is accountability. Yeah. I'm finally accountable for something in my life. And right. like. Yeah, when you Seeing first, your part, you know, when you first pray for somebody, 
you don't mean it. Like yeah. little resentments that can turn into big resentments later. <laughs> like it, it first even says you may not, even if you don't believe it's going to work, you do it. And it says for like two weeks and it fucking works though. It goes away yeah. Yeah. in my experience. Now, I mean, it also, it also depends on where you are in your program too. Like, right. are you doing everything else? Are you spiritually connected to some sort of higher power? Because right. if you're not, it's even two weeks is not going to do enough for you. <laughs> two weeks of what? Two weeks of praying for the uh, for the oh, resentment yeah, to go yeah, away, yeah. and then writing yeah. it out maybe in some sort of yeah. inventory and like, yeah. you know, yeah. All 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 I got is my experience, and and I'm and I'm I'm telling you that like. All you need to do is crack that door open. For me, it was just I needed to crack that door open into the possibility of of there being any kind of higher power. And once that once that door was cracked open, then it was just like a, I slowly put my foot in the door and I slowly kicked the door open. You know, and it was like there was like resistance the whole way until you know I I, I got it open enough to walk through and really kind of like define who my person, who my who analogy. my thank you so much higher power. That. that was so beautiful. <laughs> you like that analogy? I love it. Keep, do it every time. I, well, I know, right? I want to do that. I want to do it every. Because well, I came into this having a god and being religious. Like, oh, you did. I did. Okay. But it's a whole different thing to put my stuff into his hands and, and hmm. pray okay. for his thy will, not mine. Mm. And because it's hard, especially when it comes to like my kids, not to control everything. Sure. And I'm like, okay, whatever's supposed to be like before court. Yeah. I pray. You know what? I'll handle whatever it is. My mom's like, what if he gets on my guy? I'm like, mom, then I'll stay sober six more months and I'll go back in there. And yeah. Like you really have to change your whole like thinking and and even recently i'm giving him giving this to god giving this to god and how you pray even yeah like you're not praying for selfish ends exactly. we're not supposed to yeah it's so strange, if we are right? we are doomed right. you know, I, I get it though like my, my praying used to be <laughs> used to be about getting my way and yeah. now and now it's like um it's it's much more other people centered you know yeah. what i mean which is like i'm like who the fuck is this guy praying man i'm and like guess who reaps the rewards Right. You know, and it's like you pray for other things, unselfish ends, you reap the benefits of it. Right. I mean, so it's actually it's like, for no. me. <laughs> and, 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 and that could be materialistic stuff. It could also yeah. just be like spiritually, like and just feeling general happiness and general goodness inside. Right. And that is honestly, it's going to sound corny, is the best feeling. Right. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just being like good in the moment. Right. Like just totally like you're driving around. You're just like, fuck, I have nothing to worry about nothing's on my mind i'm just kind of chilling yeah well especially like when i leave my drop my kids off and i try to interact at least as interact at least as possible with my ex-husband because he is he's you know got some issues and i do i pray for him and but i'm able to leave and go you know what that's you not me and kind of disconnect and not leave feeling all that stuff that he's trying to make me feel right which is nice and then like this last weekend it's so funny but I left and I was like, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to have resentment and it's just making me upset because he's always been very money centered and um, he's doing little things to like lessen his child support and, right. and working less and working under whatever. And I'm like, you know what? But I have to believe God, you know, the right thing will happen. Everything turns out. And literally that day I go home, I check my account and I got like a thousand dollars back pay <laughs> that oh. they collected from maybe from his taxes or something. Oh, and I was wow. like, hmm. and it wasn't about the money. Like, obviously that's nice, but I'm like, right. oh my God. It was like God telling me like everything will work out. Like yeah. the right things are going to happen. I got you covered. Yeah. Oh dude, I have a, I have a great story about money. This is so good. <laughs> this was like when I, I first got out of prison and and i i was i, w I had it was a part of the department of rehabilitation so anybody out there that wants to go back to school and if you have if you had problems I, i'd say sign up with department of rehabilitation so they would give me a, a check once a month for transportation allowance it was like a hundred bucks or something like that and um i remember like my i had my phone my my phone bill was due uh, my my car broke and it was like the part was 140 bucks and I had like, I think, I think I had like 20 or $30 in my account or something like that. So I was like, uh, okay, so I can go completely broke and pay my phone bill or I can, um, I, I cannot, I don't even have the, mo the money to buy the part for it. Mm -hmm. And I went home and literally department rehabilitation sent me a check, my transportation allowance. And there was two envelopes that were glued together. With my name on both, uh, there was two checks, one check in each one, and and it was just enough to cover my phone bill and and uh, the part for my car. And I was like, 
I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path because this, this was when it happened to me before. This definitely wouldn't have happened to me before. This would have been more like another thing would have happened that would have been like put me in the hole further. And I, I'm just like, so I see everything as a sign these days, yeah. you know? So like I, I get that. That $1,000 is like, it's not the be all end all, but it's like, it's just kind of like some kind of reassurance. Like, okay, someone's looking out for me here. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're nice little God shots. Yeah. 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 You know, fuck the whole coincidence thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a man of coincidences anymore. Too yeah. many times, man. Too many times I'm like, there's no possible way this is a coincidence. Right. There's no way. Right. Yeah. And it's, and in, whatever, it's all what you believe. Yeah. Your perspective. So would you say you have a new pair of glasses? I do. <laughs> on life? <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Totally different. Yeah. That's a wild story. Um, <laughs> that is. And I mean, all the challenges you faced since you got sober. Like I know. That, just in like in two and a half years. I know. I feel like the the worst things, the biggest things that happened in my life after sobriety and I've gotten through them all like really well. And that's really a testament well. to what we do here. A yeah. testament to your program and to your fellowship and the people among you. And yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So you're coming up on three years, you said? Yeah, June 1st. Oh, wow. June first. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's exciting. That is exciting. I can't believe it. It kind of goes fast. I'm like, wow, you know. I know, Stack right? Up those days, like. I know, you She's know. a June baby. I'm yeah. a September baby. So is Dean. Yeah. Yeah, 9-9. Yeah. He's nine sixteen. Is it kind of weird that I, I actually I like like my sobriety birthday more than my regular <laughs> birthday? Even though, like, I celebrate the yeah. regular birthday more with, like, something to do. But, like, yeah. what, me, what feels like more is a sobriety birthday, you know? Right. It feels more like you. It feels something. It feels more substantial. Ac- accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to definitely let me know when you're when you're gonna surprise. You know, you're gonna celebrate that birthday, and I, I want to definitely go and yeah. and take all the credit for it. So. I know the first year. Yeah, <laughs> the first year was really cool. My uncle came out. He's got like thirty something years. Came out from Colorado. I did it at the five wow. club. Blah blah blah. And then um, the second year was like pandemic. Nothing happened. I was like, oh, but it was still like I was so happy, and we did it online and whatever. But this year, I'm hoping by then. I don't know. I know, right? I'm like, dude, my ten year, my ten uh, year was in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I'm like, come on, are you kidding uh, me? Listen, I'm, I'm seeing. I'm going to say this, Dean. This is this is a sign of hope. What's that? Dodger tickets are on sale for future games coming oh, up this year. But like, there's not nobody, very many. Nobody likes baseball though, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is every time. <laughs> a lot of people like baseball. Millions of people yeah. love baseball. Okay. Okay. And difference uh, of opinion. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, do you like baseball? I kind of like baseball. I like anything. Perfect. Live. Let's go ahead and continue on. Now, uh, <laughs> no, but like uh, two versus one. I, I saw two. some Dodger tickets on sale today. There's not very many, but that's a sign that I think they may actually allow people to like start going to like shows right. and like large, you know, large crowds. I'm thinking this summer. If if things don't open up by this summer, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think they're going to open up before that. Well, I hope so. I, I mean, so. indoor dining, maybe not necessarily that, but like like outside God. spaces, like Dodger Stadium that are outside, maybe. Separated, of course. You got to yeah. keep them separated. <laughs> and they're not going to require vaccines to go in there. You got to keep them I separated. Like, I like it. See, she gets my jokes. I want to keep her around. It's going to be... Yeah, you want to feel like the laugh track for everything. Amanda and Dean. <laughs> okay kind of looks like an earthquake every time you laugh into the microphone here. i know right Jesus it's like Dean. my voice is powerful <laughs> all right thank you for coming on thank you so much thank you for having me. it was very delightful it's an amazing powerful story yeah it's amazing what you've been through and like i i've i've said ever since i've known you i i was i've always been pulling for you you're mm, you're you. uh, an amazing person and uh I've always, I've always kept you right here, you know, Aww. pointing to my head, people. <laughs> oh, gosh, you guys are sick. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll hope to see you again, uh, maybe pretty soon. Yeah. And uh, take it easy. And when you become a counselor, definitely. Or when you get into school and you start, let me know. And okay. I'll see if I can get you some, yeah. some work that way. That would be awesome. All For right. all you listening, you can get sober through just about anything. I yeah. think tonight's message from Amanda was that there is hope for any situation. Um, thank you so much for coming in. That was a cool story. And I uh, wish we had, we could listen. I could listen to you all day. I mean, too. I know she's got a great really voice. Good. So much better than yours. 
Yeah, let's just go ahead and all right. Do you want, hey, would, you like, would you like to get your plugs, Dean? Go yes. Ahead your plugs. Let me let me give it. Let me give let me give us some plugs here. Hey, if you'd like to reach out to us uh, at the show with suggestions or comments or just you want to bitch at us, that's fine. Dean gets can, lonely, so just yeah. I know. I, I want to check the email. Please email it's, Dean. It's uh, the terminally unique podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our Facebook page, terminally unique podcast. You can go to the IG page, which is terminally da- underscore unique. Or ter- yeah, un- underscore podcast underscore again. Uh, terminally underscore unique underscore podcast. There's okay. only two underscores. Okay, my bad. So you can go there and and just yes. leave a comment. Um, tell them tell us how how much you love me and and dislike Lucas. Whatever I don't know something <laughs> like that. All right. And just so you know, guys, we release the episodes every Tuesday between about nine a.m. and ten a.m. They'll be up on the platform Spotify, Apple. Buzzsprout. I think we're on Google now. We're on, we're on all. We're Stitcher. On Stitcher. Yeah. Uh, Amazon. Pod, uh, Podcast Addict. We're, uh, I don't know if we're on Amazon yet. Amazon I mean, nobody uses pending. Amazon, though. I mean, come on, people. Really? Anyway. But, yeah, I've, I've applied to all of them. So they, we should be up on all of them by now. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We all love okay. you. Okay. Uh, I love you. I love you, Dean. And I love, I love you, more, you. actually. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Love is in the air. Okay, so <laughs> just in time for Valentine's Day this week, right? Oh God, it's gonna be it's gonna be my first one. I actually long have time. a Valentine this year, and I don't. Miraculous, I don't. I'm and that, like never happens. Single, fucking sad bastard. <laughs> yeah, but like that, like never happens for you, where you're like not with somebody like Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of like an opposite platform for that. It's really funny. Anyway, so um, let's do the let's do let's do the buy on the on on three. Okay. All right. One. I'm just gonna say bye. Two, three. Bye, everybody. Focus.